Yo, it's your boy, Anthony O'Neill, and you're listening to the baddest couple, I believe, on the planet. You're listening to the Black, Married, and Debt-Free Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of the Black, Married, and Debt-Free Podcast. Shira, how are you doing on this Sunday evening? I'm doing okay, but I will say that this time change has really messed me up. Like, I'm not sure if the time is changing in every state, but yes. here in California, the time moved up an hour, yeah. and it just really has thrown me off. No. <laughs> um, but hopefully by tomorrow, I will um, be back on track. Now, Shara, I need somebody to help me out with this. Didn't we vote to not do this? No more daylight savings time. No more crap like that. Somebody tell me. I thought we said we weren't going to do this no more. Shire, what you got over there? Well, I think it was a state vote. Okay, state of California. Actually, actually don't know. But okay. in a very quick search, you know, uh, it looks like we do it to save energy and to make better use of daylight. So I guess it's better for like businesses yeah, in the yeah. s- spring and summer months. They can stay open longer. There's more daylight. But you stay open as long as the time says you can stay. Like light doesn't determine, doesn't affect. And I think this is because I work it, graves. It does, Shire. it does, Marcus. No, but I honestly think this is for me because I work graveyards. Mm-hmm. Like night, I can do what I need to do at night. I can do what I need to do when the sun's up. When the sun's not up, it don't really affect me like like it does normal people. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Well, normal people, <laughs> we're a little bit more motivated to leave the house. Okay. All right. Um, but yes. Um, so hopefully everyone is out there doing okay. Yes. Um, might be a little groggy with mm-hmm. an hour less sleep, but we're going to get through it. Yes, we will get through this together. Uh, but. You know, we're definitely going to talk about something that shook the news waves to close last week. And that was uh, the closing of the Silicon Valley Bank. It made headlines. It made big news. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, we need to pause for station identification. And we would like to invite you to leave us a five-star review for the Black Marion and Every podcast on any platform you're listening to us on. Go ahead and leave us a review. Let us know that you enjoy this podcast preferably five stars and we want to thank you in advance shire we're going to get into this uh do you want to do a little silicon valley history lesson first and then we're going to get into the news of this bank collapse 
Yeah, I think that would be good. Okay. Um, now, we don't live in Silicon Valley, but it's yes. not that far from us. No. I mean, you would say, what, an hour? About an hour. An hour and a half, yeah. maybe? Yeah. And yeah. so just Silicon Valley in general has, I mean, this area means a lot yes. to the world. Um, but it really has impacted and shaped California in yeah. a lot of ways, particularly uh, the housing market. Mm -hmm. You know, just because in Silicon Valley, of course, that's where a lot of the tech industries are. Yes. And with tech came super high salaries and um, an increased cost of living, particularly in Silicon Valley and the Bay Area. Yes. And on a day-to-day -day level what that ended up looking like was regular folks ordinary people mm -hmm. um really struggling to afford housing yes and that um it also Being meant that out. yeah a lot mm -hmm. of people were priced out homelessness yes. has risen and we can't um and of course we're not saying silicon valley is to blame for that but they have played a role in that right, right um and just the the cost of housing yes has risen dramatically in our state and that they play a silicon valley that that area and that tech space plays uh Play played a, a role part. in that as well because we had a lot of people moving from mm -hmm. that area who could no longer afford it, and then they would move to other areas and then that would areas. surrounding areas and so then that would cause um property um to you know the property um prices and prices value to, to increase to as increase, well yeah but anywho but silicon valley this hub yes and um let's just i guess get some more background, background. on silicon yeah. valley in general because i always wonder like why do they call it silicon valley or whatever but it this name uh for this area was coined by an entrepreneur in the 70s named ralph verst and he called it Silicon Valley because Silicon Valley had a lot of chip manufacturers in this central area and they manufactured Silicon wafers, which is a a part, a really important part of microchips that go in all high level electronic devices, TVs, uh, uh, computers, cell phones, cameras like this chip needed everybody who was getting in the electronics space. That was really booming in the 70s and 80s needed these chips and people said, well, let's just move our entire business to this area where all the chip makers are. Thus, tech companies moving to Silicon Valley. They set up shop near the chips so they can have easy access to them. Right. So their business could flourish and boom. And we saw businesses like Apple, Hewlett Packard, Facebook, all these Adobe, all these businesses boomed because of their uh, sheer, what's the word I'm looking for? So I like when they're their proximity. There we go. Their sheer proximity to the silicon chip manufacturers. Yeah. So that's kind of why how we got there, and that all happened in the 70s and 80s, and of course, it just got lit in the 90s and 2000s. Right. And so since that is a place where tech is happening, mm -hmm. a lot of innovation is happening. Yes. Then of course there has to be someone or some entity or some gonna, bank. Are we going to keep this money? That, you know, is is there and yes. that's prominent. And yes. that turned out to be the Silicon Valley Bank. Mm -hmm. And 
I personally didn't know about Silicon Valley Bank. I had Bank. no clue. <laughs> I mean, but it but it definitely um, makes sense. So, now, Shire, before you go, you said this is the 16th largest bank in the U- United States? So, yeah, so this is oh. the nation's 16th largest bank, and its failure represents the second largest bank failure since wow. 2008. So this is not a small, little, old, tiny old bank. Yeah. Um, they were working with Big billions of dollars and this particular bank had a specialization Mm -hmm. and their specialization was venture capitalism and um, it was a venture capitalist entity and um, place where um, a lot of investment was happening in technology Um, it was really unique in that it's not like you're Every day, round the way, credit union, uh, credit union or, you know, big box bank, right. Bank of America or Wells Fargo, who caters to um, individuals or no- normal folks, right. you know, regular, you know, average folks. Um, but this bank um, really serviced a lot of businesses, mm-hmm. tech businesses and even um High, I would say high earning high. Well, yeah, folks with like folks, high net yeah. worth yeah. and folks that invest in startups. Yes. And so they had 16 branches and okay. their branches were located in California and also Massachusetts. OK, so okay. East Coast. All right. They're they out there. Wow. Now, sorry, let's talk about what exactly went down. Like, like, how did it. How, how did it collapse? Let's really unpack right. that. How does a bank fail? Like, how does that even happen? You're yeah. a bank. Yeah. How does a bank fail? <laughs> like, like break this down to yeah. me. How how does a bank fail? And like, what really um, happened with this bank? So yeah. there are like three uh, reasons, main reasons why this bank failed. Let's break it down. And so um, the first one is bank run. Mm. And I was like, what is bank run? Yeah. Uh, essentially, bank run is when Everybody. everybody runs to the bank. Get their money out. To get their money out <laughs> at a rate that's higher than the bank um, actually has. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm saying that like correctly. No, that makes sense, Shire, because it's, it's key to understand that even the place where you bank, you the listener, where me and you bank, Shire, they don't have all of their folks money in a vault somewhere right so if your particular branch let's say call it bank a if bank a if all of their patrons say we want to get our money out man for something we don't insert any reason right if we all run to get our money out the bank will eventually have to come clean like we don't have all you all's money on hand here we're doing investments with you guys' money on the back end we're doing different things with the money and we can't give you all of your money. And so. Right. And that is actually very normal. Yeah. So a bank, in order for them to even pay you a return mm-hmm. on your money, that means that they have to be investing yes. or loaning out some of your some of the money that you've deposited. Yeah. So that's not necessarily a red flag in general. Right. And so like uh, we were saying, a bank run or run on the bank. So that happens when a lot of clients withdraw their money mm-hmm. uh, because they believe the bank may fail in the future. So yes. it's like, okay, so what caused all of these folks we'll cause the panic. to p- 
pull out their money. Right. And so the amount that they pulled out was around forty two billion dollars were pulled out of the bank yeah. last Thursday. Okay, wow. at the end of Thursday. And they had a total of approximately um, one hundred twenty-two billion. Excuse me, one hundred seventy-five billion in deposits at the end of last year. Wow! So they have one hundred seventy-five billion in deposits at the end of last year, and then suddenly forty-two uh, billion was pulled. Was pulled. Now, was Shire, I using? Was I saying billion? Yes, you're okay, using my, billions. <laughs> okay. Um. So, like I was saying, what, what triggered it though, Shire? What made people want to? What what made people skeptical? What what, what did this what did what did, what was going on here? Didn't yes. the CEO do something to start at the top of the year or end last year? Yes, but we wasn't even going to even go there. We wasn't going to go there. Didn't, that didn't have nothing to do. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was trying to get some extra tea. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Um, there there's tea there. We can go there later. But okay. um, so what what triggered it? So I think that um, I'll, there have been some concerns with the the health of yes yes and when we look at the tech space in general what has been happening in the tech space going downhill going down down there have been mass layoffs layoffs facebook laying off people google laying off people it's just yeah so like the health of that industry right Mm -hmm. now is um really impacted yeah and the bank really and the bank really struggled to have cash on hand right because there were um a lot of these uh, startups that they were investing in, pulling money they needed cash because it's it's too expensive to borrow money. Yes. So they were using their cash reserves to fund some of their some of their business. This makes so much sense. And so what <laughs> Silicon Valley had did, what a lot of banks do, is they were buying like bonds, bonds. and treasuries, mm-hmm. securities. Yes. And so in order to have the cash on hand to pay people. They were having to sell some of their assets at a loss yes. to get the cash. Yes. And so since they were selling their assets at a loss and folks started to realize, man, this bank really doesn't even have the money that that we need on mm-hmm. hand. It started to raise a lot of red flags. And the, 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 Another red yeah. flag that was raised is recently the bank held a fundraiser. They held a fundraiser. They had a cookout, y'all. They were selling dinners out the back of the bank trying to raise some money. They were trying to raise <laughs> at least $2 billion recently. And, and why they did folks were, do that, Shire? Because they needed cash need on hand. Bread. And if they were able to raise the cash, they wouldn't have to sell their assets at a loss. Yes. And so because they were needing to... Um, to because of this fundraiser, right. that is that's also that's a, a, red a red flag, flag. as they say, right, Shire? And so I think that folks who have been keeping an eye on the bank, they they were seeing all of these red red flags, yeah. and it just triggered this this bank runoff yeah. where people started pulling their money out of the bank, pulling their money out of the bank, and guess who's watching the whole time. The FDIC. FDIC. They they watching. Federal. I don't know what they stand for, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. No, no, but no, no. FDIC is an insurance <laughs> is a federally backed insurance entity that each bank pays into, right? And the FDIC insurance insures individuals. Now this is when it's gonna get sticky, Shire. Go ahead and read that. Shire pulling up the literature. Shire, come on, read FDIC. that. FDIC. That's the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. There we go. I so saw we've I thought, heard I was of say. the FDIC. They are the entity um, that will insure 
up to $250,000 worth of deposits for each individual, individual. De- uh, depositor. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so they they were uh, keeping an eye on this. And mm-hmm. then they said, we need to step in. We need to step in. Before this gets any worse, essentially. Now, Shia, before you go further, in a normal situation at your Valley Credit Union, right? We're just going to make up a name. At Valley Credit Union, if this same thing were to happen, the FDIC would step in. And because it's a local branch, right, the chances of having... St- a large number of depositors that have more than the $250,000, it's very rare, right, mm-hmm. at, at your local individual bank. I mean, that's a lot of money for, for one person to have, right, Charlie? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So if the FDIC were coming in to fix that scenario, what they would do, they would literally just take the bank over and it's uh, the depositors wouldn't see much change. It would just be taken over by the FDIC. They would come in, they would remove the current bank structure and they would just kind of pay folks. People who could still make deposits, withdrawals, everything. And a lot of times the FDIC does that for a season until they're able to get another purchaser of the bank to come in and boom. And then we just, you know, maybe the bank changes its name, but really nothing terrible would happen to the the depositors because as long as they had under 250,000 they would be insured for that amount. Right. But in this case, we had big money in the bank. Yes. So if the FDIC is coming in to provide insurance, but you're only able to insure a piece of my money. I got billions of dollars up in this thing. I got millions in here. Right. And you talking about you insuring 250,000? That's going to hurt me as the business or exactly. the person that has, you know, my my, my money. Exactly. And as an example of some of the companies that banked there, we have Shopify. Huh? I said, let's talk about it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> we have Shop, Shopify, Pinterest. Wait, wait, huh? <laughs> what? I think it is a Shopify or <laughs> Shopify. Oh, what am I saying? <laughs> Shopify. What? But I heard people say it like that. You know not- what? I don't shop there, so I don't know. <laughs> Let me see, keep going, keep going. Oh Lord, <laughs> y'all. But see, y'all know what I'm y'all trying to say, though. About, you know what I'm trying to say, though. Bro, what are you talking about, okay, man? Shopify. Yeah, Shopify. There we go, Shopify. <laughs> so no, there is not a T. Okay, <laughs> okay. My mistake. You know, I was, I was, uh, I have some notes here, and there's not a T here. So, so I don't know how I wrote it this way. Anyway, why I'm saying okay. it this way. Okay, Pinterest. Pinterest. ZipRecruiter. Oh, ZipRecruiter. Roku. And so Roku, y'all know most of, I got a Roku. I love me some Roku. Okay, I like Roku too. So Roku had a reported $487 million in cash reserves there. Wow. And that, um, that um, equated to 26% of their cash. Oh, okay. That's not too, that's not terrible, but that sucks. Don't get me wrong. That's terrible. But if, the FDIC is only insuring two hundred fifty thousand of your four hundred eighty-seven million. <laughs> what I'm gonna do with that, man? You know, and like that's the other thing is that a lot of these companies were, uh, they were using this bank, uh, to to conduct their business, so yes. like their payroll, payroll, and things like that. And oh, so there are a lot so of people sad. who are saying, a lot of business owners who bank there are saying, I don't know how I'm going to 
be able to uh, meet the demands of my business, the mm-hmm. cost to run business, and meet my payroll. Right. And so that um, is really sad. Another big one is is Roblox. And so yeah. yeah. Roblox it, is like a little it's a, like, like a, a metaverse, tech- or like a mini metaverse that our kids have yeah. been in for for years. We just didn't know it as parents. Exactly. Uh, we know now. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. So that was the first reason was that. The bank run and the bank run, like we shared, a lot of people were concerned about the bank's health Mm -hmm. and a lot of individual investors and companies. They just they started pulling their funds out. Now, Shire, uh, I wanted to pause real quick because I know some of us are probably thinking, well, why would a business put so much money in a bank and and know that a tenth of their amount is all that is insured, right? Like, why Why would you do that? You know, you hear stories, if you watch any, like, movies, mob movies, you hear about Swiss bank accounts and people putting money in multiple accounts, and usually that's what they do. Even what you said, Roku has 27% of their money there. Who knows where the rest of their money is? But uh, let me paint a picture for you. I think I did this with you. You got, you know, a couple guys, they go to Stanford, which is a, or they go to MIT, a very predominant, tech school where a lot of tech people go they 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 graduate together and you know one of the guys say i'm thinking about starting this tech company i'm thinking about starting a roku and then then his friend says well i'm thinking about you know starting this uh tech business and then then the third friend says i'm thinking about starting a bank and the relationship piece in the silicon valley i think is huge when you're thinking about banking and you know that a company similar to yours or a friend from college that started a company similar to yours banks here, you'll start to bank there. And it brings some type of, while you know a lot of your money isn't insured, it's like, well, we're all in this together, right? We've built relationship equity. And that's why, that's what's so sad about this because a lot of these businesses developed a good relationship with the bank, Mm -hmm. you know? Who knows? They may have went to school with with this guy and, you know, and so the relationship piece, I think, plays an important part because to me, I'm thinking, well, why would you put all your money there when you know it's not going to be insured? Well, because it feels like home. We're friends. We're I've, that's, I've that's known you for years. Marcus, and, but that's with any bank, with right? Any bank, because yeah. the FDIC cannot say I'm going to replenish every dollar right. that could be lost in a bank failure. Now, they did do that. What uh, uh, they did the bank bailout, bank bailout. That's but what, yeah. our economy, we are not in a position to be bailing out banks right now. No. And I think the government even said that they're not going, they're not there's not going to be a bank bailout. The issue with this bank, because companies do put their money in banks. Yes. But the issue that came with this particular bank, it was that they were concentrated in a small area as far as what they were invested in. Yes. They're not, they're not as diversified oh, as good. most commercial banks are yeah. because their focus is venture capital uh, venture exactly. capitalism yeah. is that the correct term? Yeah, VC and tech and tech. Mm-hmm. Well, tech's not doing good. And venture capitalists, if I'm a ain't venture nothing ca- to capitalize in. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if I'm a venture capitalist, it's like, hey, I have this idea. Well, it might work, but it might not. Yes. Sometimes it's profitable. Sometimes it's, sometimes not. it's not. So that's that's that can be seen as being a risk. Yeah. In and of itself. Mm-hmm. So as far as a lot of these. Uh, businesses are making millions of dollars that money's in a bank but 
Yeah. It's most of their uh, money, I would think, are not in that type of bank. That's right. it could be seen as being over leveraged, over leveraged in a, one industry. Right. And it's just like how we invest day to day. I shouldn't be over leveraged in right. any one asset. Right. And that concept applies to banks and banking as yeah. well. That's a great point, Shire. That's a great point. So, so now what? You know well, what I mean? Well, the other reason <laughs> that we actually kind of hit on these, like why did this bank fail? Another one was rising interest rates. Yeah, yeah. And I think the rising interest rates played a role, and you can like, yes, probably can, explain, explain this better you. than me. Well, bonds, what the bank invested in, the asset that they invest in were bonds, treasury bonds. Which are usually safe. Which are usually safe. Now, when interest, they were in, the the thing what they did was they bought them while interest rates were low. So low interest rates mean they affect the bond differently. So like when interest rates went up because the Fed started increasing the interest rates, also corresponded with the time when they needed to start selling the bonds mm-hmm. to in order to pay folks. Well, when you're selling at a, you buy them when the interest rates are low. Then you sell them when they're high. That means you're losing money on the bonds. The bonds are worth less, less. while interest rates are high. They're right. worth more when interest rates are low. So what they really w- probably wanted to do would be to hold them longer. Right. So they can get their true worth out of them. But because of the runoff, they had to start selling them. Now, like you said, they're selling them at a loss so, now. Right. We got a big problem. And then the other reason why it crashed was because because of a capital crisis so they didn't have enough cash on hand yeah. to meet the demands yes sir and and you said this also is that is this is very common for banks right because by the letter of the law they can if you put ten dollars in a bank they can technically take nine dollars of that as soon as you put it in and you say thank you, you walk out the door, they can they have the legal right to take nine dollars of your ten and start working it. They can start buying uh income thing things that will produce income so that you know, loaning out, they can loan your money out. Nine dollars of that money they by law can use to generate more money. And so if you if you're not careful, you can be generating money and then okay, but what's your in hand cash? Well, Right now, it's not good. I'm waiting for my money to cook for me so I could get, you know what I mean? Right. And it's just, it's similar to like your own personal finances. There you go, Shire. How I'm not going to have all of my money invested. Like I'm going to have some emergency funds yes. or I'm going to have some cash, cash on, on hand. hand. There we go. So it's like, even though this is like a business entity, there yeah. are some like takeaways um, that we can like glean from it. And, you know, when we think about our own financial health, yeah, are we diversified in the way that we're um investing do we have an emergency fund do we have cash on hand yeah um but yeah another interesting fact about this was that um 95 percent of the depositors had over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and so we talked about how the fdic is only able to insure that amount of money mm-hmm. and so we have a lot of companies and a lot of people um I guess, yeah, a lot of people who yeah. are going to be taking a loss because of this bank failure. Yeah. And so I think that over time we'll be able to see like all of the consequences. But now, like immediate, I know people are worried about 
you know, how they're going to make their payroll. I read um, a story about um, like a black owned business yeah. who uh, was connected with this bank and they had a subscription service through their website and their subscriptions um, service was linked, you know, to that bank. And now the bank has failed. And so now they're figuring out these different things. Um, but for the most part, the everyday person was not banking at that bank. Right. And so most individuals will be okay. But if you are an employee at an impacted company, yes. then that's, you know, something to, right. Especially that's like, that's definitely a worry. Yeah. I think you you spoke about a young lady that had a company um, that her payroll ran through this bank. Yes. And so it's hard to, be able to pay folks out you know people were like expected their money friday and it's like it may come monday and so this is it's still very fluid shy with this bank right like i said a lot of times the fdic their goal is they don't want to prop up a bank for you know long uh, for weeks and months so usually what they want to do is to get a buyer someone to swallow the bank so like maybe if wells fargo for let's say saw opportunity with this bank they may buy them and just swallow them up and now their surplus wells fargo surplus of money goes and fixes the 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 right deficiency at this one and they swallow all of their branches but right if you're not finding a good suitable buyer the fdic has to has to pretty much stay there until until the situation's resolved right and the the interesting thing about this bank and if you look at any of the headlines a lot of them will say that this bank failure happened in 48 hours. Like this was a Man. very swift bank failure, yeah. the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like um, I think uh, at first it started off as, will they get a buyer? Right. But then the FDIC stepped in and was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the bank actually might be up for auction at this point. Wow. And um I think that um, some people are saying that this bank failure might actually be good for larger banks because yeah. now companies are going to probably think twice before investing in a bank that is structured in the way this particular bank was yeah. with it being concentrated in just one area. And maybe they'll go to a kind of like a big box bank, one of those banks that I, I don't want to say too large to fail, but, right. you know, a bank that's been around maybe for longer, has more assets, right. more Shoot. diversification. One of the nine that were bailed out uh, <laughs> in, in 08, right? Mm -hmm. As you know, the United States ain't going nowhere. If they bailed them out once, there's a big chance they'll bail them out again. No. But, yeah, I think it just goes to show that, like, Y'all, if y'all didn't think we was in a recession before, if you didn't think the economy was going through some trauma before, this is proof, man. This, the 16th largest bank has failed. And this is the second largest bank failure since 2008. Yes. And so anytime you start comparing things that happened in 08, 09, you, know, you already know what it is. Uh -oh. You know, so. Yeah, and so some people think, were um, saying, well, is this just an isolated event or do you think that there will be other bank failures? Mm. So what do you think? I think I'm praying this was an isolated incident because of the over leverage in the type of, you know, uh, I guess people that bank there. Hopefully that played a part like, hey, 
your most of your people that were in this bank were in an industry that's hemorrhaging. So maybe that's why the bank failed too. So I'm hoping that that's all that was. So I want to talk about this because I was I'm sitting over here worried, and I heard about this. FDIC covers two hundred fifty thousand of bank individual deposits. Individual deposits in a bank for investments. There is something similar. Um, uh, the SIPC, which is a private federal mandated nonprofit organization. So they cover brokerage houses, right? Up to, uh, let's see, your limit to, to 500000 per account. SPIC is the investment equivalent. SIPC. The, thank you, Shire. My, my, my dyslexia. SIPC, which is the brokerage equivalent to the FDIC on the bank side. So like, yeah. It's scary, and I appreciate that the United States government does these things because they don't want another depression. During the depression, everybody was trying to take their money, and, they, and the banks just was like, we ain't got it, you know. So this is something that they've put in place since then, but hopefully this is a one-off, Shire. What do you think? I think it's also a one-off, mm-hmm. and I think I think you're right. Like, when you start talking about the depression, I think the history of banking is just a really – interesting topic and i know that we were even talking about um like the first black bank Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um like why it failed yeah and because they didn't have that fdic protection the government would not extend that to Mm -hmm. it and how people were i I think even frederick Douglass was involved in this bank and he's putting up his own money money and you know the bank still failed so Mm -hmm. i mean there's definitely a lot to know there's a wealth of history there's a lot to learn yes and even like this one that you just brought up the sipc mm-hmm. the securities investor principal protection act of 1970 like it, it is important for us to know yeah. where we're storing our money what protections exist for our money what protections exist for our investments and it's just a reminder that you know we have to continue to stay knowledgeable yes absolutely shire well, we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on this uh, and see how it affects the market, see how it affects the economy at large, because it's definitely going to affect it. Uh, we couldn't turn on the Internet without seeing this Friday. So I'm glad you, we, we talked about this. Shire. Thank you for doing your research on it. You know, what I mean, we had a little powwow and we talked about it for a couple of hours yesterday. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and we're going to holler at y'all on the next one. Peace. Bye.